I'm Taylor Tarter, and this is Fastball Fantasy Baseball. Let's get into it. Before we get going, I just want to take a minute to thank you for listening. This is just a quick reminder for you to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be notified when each new episode is published. Also, please make sure to give the show a five-star rating. Each high rating will move my podcast up the list on all the platforms whenever people search for fantasy baseball. So it's something that really helps me out and is really important for me. Uh, you can also do paid subscriptions as well, where you could receive rewards like stickers, t-shirts, and personalized fantasy baseball advice. So let's get into uh, today's news, today's episode. Probably one of the biggest pieces of player news is Gary Sanchez getting benched for the Yankees. That team has lost five in a row. Sanchez is batting 117 in his last seven days and 086 in his last 15. That is horrendous. Uh, he's also striking out an insane amount. I would look elsewhere for catcher help. I don't blame you if you drop him. Um, he's not doing much for you anyways. Uh, but I would look somewhere else other than his Yankee replacements uh, for your fantasy team. And we'll address that in the drop ad segment. The Cubs picked up Billy Hamilton and waived Jose Martinez. I don't expect either of them to be, to be rostered. And yeah, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't go out and get Hamilton. He went one for twenty two in seventeen games with the Mets before getting waived by them. Um, he, you know he, he could get waived uh, by the Cubs in two weeks or a week. Uh, Red Sox rookie Bobby Dahlbeck though would go after. He's eligible at first and third, and he is on fire with four home runs in four consecutive games. Add him. You're betting on him staying hot, though. Um, you know, his strikeout rate is 45%, which is really, really high. His home run to fly ball rate is 62%, which is not sustainable. So, you know, you can pretty reasonably expect the batting average to drop and he's not going to hit a home run every day but the power is there the hard contact is there um, and you know he's a guy where you can ride the streak uh, while he's hot uh, and and not pay a ton to get him Uh, so with that being said let's go ahead and get into some COVID updates coronavirus so there's really only two things to cover here which is a good sign and neither of them are technically COVID, but they're, they could be. So um, <laughs> it's not clear if Dexter Fowler is out with COVID. Uh, he's been out sick, but uh, it's hard to tell if it's COVID-related or an injury bug. But the team says he's doing better and could be back in the next couple of days. He is an older outfielder, but he was producing well uh, before being sick. And he's worth an ad for when he comes back. Uh, And then the other one is also not necessarily coronavirus related, but it technically is. Um, Dodgers outfielder Jack Peterson was out at home for a family matter. Uh, And before he comes back to the team, he's going to have to quarantine. So that's going to make him miss extended time before coming back. Now, he wasn't doing well when he was playing, uh, and I don't expect you to add him when he comes back. What this means more is 
you know, it's, it's going to have a, more of an effect on his teammates. A.J. Pollock and Chris Taylor are both better outfield options for the Dodgers than Peterson is, and they should continue to get regular outfield at-bats and continue to produce while Jock Peterson remains out. Now, there's quite a few injury updates as well. Um, Ozzie Albies is back for the Braves after being on the IL for nearly a month. He's uh, a good second base option. And, you know, if somebody dropped him in your league, if somebody got tired of waiting on him or, you know, couldn't couldn't roster him on the IL, um, you know, hopefully you went out and snagged him or you're going to do that today. Um, although it is likely that, you know, because of the name value, that, that whoever had him hung on to him. Um, Eric Hosmer is another player who uh, is out. There's quite a few of them, uh, you know, this week. Uh, Eric Hosmer broke his finger while bunting. He's not going to require surgery, according to the team, but he is expected to miss two or three weeks. And, you know, depending on when he comes back, the team is saying his pain tolerance is going to dictate his playing time. Now, if you have an IL slot, he's worth taking a shot on, um, you know, to, to see if he comes back because he has had a really productive year. But I'm sure that there's a good chance you can't afford to roster him. You don't have an IL spot open for him. Honestly, I don't have a problem letting him go. The likelihood of him coming back, you know, at some point and being productive is slim. So, um, you know, I don't think somebody's going to try to scoop him up. Um, And if they do, you know, they're not going to get very much out of him. the injury does boost the value of Mitch Moreland and Jake Cronenworth, though, for the Padres. Both of them should be rostered uh, in your league. Probably Jake Cronenworth is definitely rostered. But um, if Mitch Moreland isn't isn't rostered out there, if he's on waivers, I'd go pick him up. Uh, Detroit outfielder Jacoby Jones broke his hand and had surgery. He was having a pretty good season, but uh, he's out now probably for the rest of the year. Uh, his lineup mates in Detroit are benefiting, though. Check out infielders Heimer Candelario, uh, Willie Castro, and uh, outfielder Victor Reyes, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, Detroit outfielder Daz Cameron was also called up uh, today, and he's worth a look, too. Josh Donaldson is back for the Twins, and he's been pretty productive in that lineup uh, since he came back. Uh, but Max Kepler is out of that lineup now and on the IL. He should be back this weekend, though. The injury doesn't seem serious. Um, Alex Bregman came back for the Astros, uh, and he's starting. Uh, and he should be in your lineup every day if you have him. And his lineup mate, Jose Altuve, is looking good in his recovery. And so it's likely he's going to be back as soon as his 10 days are up. Uh, Bo Bichette also should be returning soon from a knee injury, possibly this weekend. Uh, David Fletcher, he should be back for the Angels by the end of the week as well. And then, as expected, uh, Boston put Andrew Benintendi on the IL to end his season. Uh, definitely worth a drop. Uh, I wouldn't uh, bother with him for, for the rest of the season. Uh, and if you have him in like a dynasty or keeper league, I think the time has passed on on Andrew Benintendi, which hurts my heart because I was a, a ride or die for a while with him. Uh, Kansas outfielder Jorge Soler, Blue Jays outfielder Teoscar Hernandez, 
and Baltimore outfielder Anthony Santander hit the IL with oblique strains. Now, oblique strains, oblique injuries are oftentimes hard to come back from quickly. So there's a really good shot that these three guys are out the rest of the year. If you, you know, it's pretty unlikely you're going to have all three or even two of them. If you have one of those guys and you have an IL spot open, I would try to hang on to them. All three of them are, you know, have been producing really well this season and are good players. So, you know, if you if you have the option to hang on to them, I would try. Uh, but if you don't, then I think you're safe to drop them without worrying another team is going to pick them up, you know, for later in the season since there are only about three weeks left and it's unlikely that those guys make it back by the end of the year. And then surprisingly, and some good news, Cole Hamels could make it back this season. Uh, he's been recovering from shoulder and triceps issues, but he could be back next weekend for the Braves. Uh, now, I don't think he's worth picking up to start that week uh, for that start, but he could be valuable depending on how that start goes and how the Braves decide to use him down the stretch. Uh, you know, with so many people going uh, on and coming off the IL, we definitely need to know who to pick up and who to drop. So let's talk some drop ads. I lift things up and put them down. There's a lot of outfielders this week on the most added list. Victor Reyes, Alex Dickerson, Randy Rosarena, and Adam Duvall are all being added a lot. So let's take a look and see if they're worth it. If you're picking up Detroit outfielder Victor Reyes, you're looking for runs, steals, and average. Nothing in his metrics suggests he will hit for power, and I'm honestly surprised he hit four home runs. He mostly hits for medium contact, and he only has a 29% fly ball rate, but carries a home run to fly ball rate twice his career average. So even the four home runs that he's hit this year seem like a fluke. Uh, so he's been fortunate there, um, and you can expect, you know, his average is going to stay in the 290-300 range, which is great. And I'd also expect him to uh, continue to get on base, produce runs and steals, but uh, not much else in the power department. Uh, Giants outfielder Alex Dickerson looks like the real deal. And we'll talk about one of his teammates momentarily who does not. Uh, he's walking more and striking out less than last year. And his plate discipline metrics have improved as well. He's showing um, that he's advancing as a hitter. He carries a lower BABIP than he usually does, so actually the batting average may end up going up a little bit once you know that starts to even out a little bit. He's making good hard contact and putting the ball in the air, which is a good sign. Uh, he's definitely worth an ad. I actually picked him up in my league. Uh, I'd expect the home runs to relax a little bit, but the power profile is there. Ray's outfielder, uh, Randy Rosarena has been fortunate in the home run, home run department with a 60% home run to fly ball rate. That's way, way too high. Uh, very, not, a, not sustainable at all. Uh, but all the other metrics suggest the power and the average could be legit. Um, now, obviously, not a 400 batting average, which he's doing right now, but his BABIP isn't astronomical, and he makes good hard contact, although not great. Um, you know, absolutely, you know, he's worth a speculative ad. He's a bit of a mixed bag metrically, but, um, you know, he needs to shift some of the 50% of ground balls he hits into either line drives uh, or 
or fly balls. He needs to hit the ball a little bit harder. And, you know, some other things are going to even out. But like I said, worth a speculative ad. But, you know, don't don't feel bad if you have to drop him in, in a couple of days. Now, Adam Duvall is seeing time in the outfield for the Braves, and he is taking advantage of that time. He is a risk for, you know, a batting average on the lower end, the 240s. But, you know, if you can't afford to have a player like that on your team, you may want to avoid him. I don't think he's necessarily a, a must-add. The power does look legit, though. He's another guy that has good but not great hard contact. However, unlike Rosarena, Duvall is putting over 50% of his hits in the air uh, rather than on the ground, which allows for more production, and his home run to fly ball rate is actually sustainable. So the power is sustainable as well. Now, he's worth an add if you can take the batting average risk, uh, but again, he's not necessarily a, a must-add across all leagues. Another bat that's getting added a lot again is San Francisco second baseman, third baseman Donovan Solano. He just continues to get lucky. He has an unsustainable 413 Babbitt, which is boosting his 353 batting average. Yeah, the positive for him is that the hard contact rate is legit, and that could attribute, you know, that could be causing the Babbitt to go up if he's hitting the ball hard and it's hitting the gaps or going down the line, you know, passing passing defenders. Uh, now, he's a guy you can pick up, again, to ride the streak, but um, I know in my league he was dropped in the last week or two because he started to spiral. So he's one of those guys where you can pick him up to ride the hot streak, but once the hot streak stops, drop him. Uh, there's also some pitchers that are being added a lot. Corbin Burns, I talked a bit about last week. He's a matchup acquisition. You want to stream, and we'll talk about streaming a little later. Two other popular pickups this week are Tony Gonsolin and Dakota Hudson. Um, Gonsolin is likely to get more consistent starting time for the Dodgers. Uh, he's had an excellent start, but there are some signs that point to some regression. He has a 202 BABIP, which is a a sign he's been getting lucky and benefiting from a good defense. He's only inducing about 30% of his hits for uh, ground balls. Now, and also his home run and fly ball rate is only 4%, which is well below the league average of about 11 or 12%. And all of those things point to some regression. Now, I don't think it's going to be extreme regression. He's probably about a three ERA type of pitcher by the end of the season. He's definitely worth an add. I wouldn't start him against the hottest offenses, but if you have room for him, pick him up. He's definitely worth rostering. However, I would not roster Dakota Hudson. He doesn't strike people out. His BABIP is low, and that combination is not good. Uh, those numbers signal regression, and uh, I just wouldn't add him. Uh, now, as far as catchers to add, in place of... Uh, Gary Sanchez, or if you have another struggling catcher, I would look at uh, Dodgers catcher Will Smith and Oakland catcher Sean Murphy. You know, both of these guys are hitting the ball hard. They're in good lineups. They put the ball in the air. They should be rostered. Sean, Sean Murphy's rostered in 14% of leagues. That guy should be rostered in, in every league. 
Uh, so go out and pick one of those guys up. I'm, I'm uh, as far as the most dropped players. I'm surprised to see people are dropping Framber Valdez, uh, Astros pitcher. I'm wondering if he was being streamed in a lot of leagues. He did have a bad start the other day, but all of his metrics say he should be right around a 3.50 ERA. So exactly what he's doing now, and that's definitely worth rostering. Plus, he's getting a good amount of strikeouts too. Kyle Freeland is also a surprisingly common drop. Um, again, I think that's probably a streaming, uh, a result of streaming. People are dropping him to pick up somebody else. Uh, now, I normally don't like low strikeout pitchers, but he has some favorable metrics, like his 312 BABIP, uh, which is right along with his career average. Now, it's a good sign because it shows that he's not doing way better or way worse than he should be. He also has a high home run to fly ball rate, which means that he's gotten unlucky there with you know, a few extra home runs leaving the park than, than league average. That probably has a lot to do with pitching in Colorado. He's probably not somebody I'd start in every game, but if you want a pretty consistently good starter, I would consider picking him up. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take a look at some of the hottest players over the past week. That Hansel's so hot right now. So as far as hot players this week, uh, I'm going to be honest and say that they are few and far between ones that I would actually add, ones that I would roster. Uh, so one thing we're going to do today is talk about potential trade targets and who you might want to sell and who you might want to trade for. So Brock Holt, uh, who's probably not added in your teams, he's probably on waivers still, had a really rough start to the season before being signed by the Nationals. In the last week, though, he's batting over 400 uh, with a couple of runs and a couple RBI. Again, that's not for the season, just this past week. He might appear to be a lucrative pickup because of your good series of games and because of his positional flexibility, but I would avoid him. He isn't hitting the ball very hard uh, at all, and 48% of his hits are ground balls. Despite the hot streak this week, I'd ignore him for fantasy purposes. Another hot bat that I'd avoid is Baltimore infielder Rio Ruiz. He's had a really productive week, but this is nothing more than a small hot streak. He has a low hard contact rate, high ground ball rate, and he might only bat around 230. In my opinion, he's too risky to add. He's too much of a, a batting average risk and too much of a risk to go on a cold streak. So, you know, especially as most of you are approaching fantasy baseball playoff time. Red Sox outfielder Jackie Bradley Jr. has had a really good week as well, filling up all five statistical categories. I like a lot about him except his hard contact and his ground ball rates. He's also notoriously streaky. I'd consider snagging him, but I'd be really careful about who I'd let go. And I'd really try to do my research on who on my team I would be releasing to pick him up. Travis Shaw of Toronto could be another good pickup, at least temporarily. Um, he'll get some extra playing time at first base and DH with Rowdy Tellez hitting the IL for uh 
the uh, Blue Jays. He does strike out a lot, and his BABIP is higher than normal. So, again, there's some risk with adding him. Uh, but the opportunity is there. The opportunity for playing time is there, and that's a big part of you know, being productive in fantasy baseball. Uh, again, just be careful about who you decide to drop and really do your homework. Pay attention to the schedule. You know, look ahead at, at the pitchers the teams are facing. Look at the playing time that they're going to get and decide, do I want to drop this guy on my team for Travis Shaw, for Jackie Bradley, for whoever. Uh, as far as hot pitchers go, pitcher Tyler Molly picked up two quality starts in the last week. His next game is going to be Sunday against the Cardinals. I would avoid him for that game, and I probably won't pick him up going forwards. He's walking three batters per nine innings. He has a low BABIP and a very low ground ball rate, all suggesting the ERA is due for a spike. Andrew Haney did well against the Padres and did okay against the Rangers in the last week. He's got a start coming up against Colorado and should be added for that game. Uh, he's better than his surface stats suggest. Most of the hot bats and arms this week are likely rostered in your leagues, like we said, uh, but you might have uh, one of those players that you know is, is rostered in a lot of leagues that's been doing really well this week. So what we're going to talk about is, you know, do you sell high? Who do you sell high on? Who do you buy low on? And, you know, as far as some of these other hot pitchers and, and hitters. So, for example, if I rostered Trevor Bauer, I would be looking to sell high. Uh, his value is pretty high right now, but he's due for some regression according to his BABIP and ground ball rate. Um, Zach Gallen is another sell high option for basically the same reason. I, I'm less concerned with his ground ball rate and more concerned with his BABIP coming up and affecting his ERA. So if I had him, I would be trying to uh, see what I could get for him. Uh, as far as hot bats, I'd be looking to move. Uh, Mets outfielder Michael Conforto is on that list. His BABIP is crazy high. He should be closer to like a 250 hitter. Uh, and so my thinking is he's probably going to hit a cold streak soon and he'll lose his value. So why not trade him now for somebody who's a little more consistent and you know maybe who whose metrics suggest that he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. I'd also see what I could get if I rostered Michael Brantley. The average is there, which is you know going to be enticing to people, and it might make you want to hang on to him, and that's fine. Uh, but and because he'll likely finish the season with a batting average above three hundred, which is great. But he's not doing much else for you this year. The hard contact isn't there, and he's not putting the ball in the air enough. He's just putting the ball in the right places to maintain the batting average. Now, as far as some players I try to acquire, uh, one is George Springer. He's having a lousy season in terms of batting average, but his BABIP is super low while everything else is there. You know, this past week, he started to show signs of waking up. So I would try to see what I could get for him now. Or I would, Rather, I would uh, try to see what it would take to trade for him now. Uh, before his value increases. And similarly, I'd be looking into seeing if I could get Matt Olson or Nicholas Castellanos for basically the same reasons. Uh, if I'm looking for pitchers who could potentially be by low targets, I would look for whoever has Kevin Gosman uh, and try to get him. 
His K rate is in the top 10 of qualified pitchers, but his ERA is lagging because of home run to, high home run to fly ball rate. His be, he's better than his ERA suggests, and he could be a great target for you where you might not have to give up much to get him. Two other players who profile as good arms as well are Aaron Savali and Framber Valdez. You know, if I were you, I would look into seeing what you could get for them too. And since we're on the topic of pitching, let's talk streaming. Am I streaming? Am I streaming? There's a few good streaming uh, matchups this week. I'd pick up Dylan Cease to start against Detroit on Sunday. Brad Keller has a good matchup against Pittsburgh on Saturday. You can pick up Marlins pitcher Trevor Rogers for his Friday start versus Philly. I like Masahiro Tanaka against Baltimore on Friday, and I like Chris Bassett on Saturday against the Rangers. Now, to stick with pitching, let's do the reliever roundup, and then that'll be it for today. So, Tony Watson picked up a couple of saves recently in San Francisco. He has closing experience. He's been doing well this season. He's worth an add if you're desperate for saves. Rafael Dolis has picked up a couple of saves for the Blue Jays. He's another good option if you need saves. And he's looked good so far and seems to be the choice over Bass and Toronto, but you'll need to watch out for when Ken Giles returns because he's going to take over as a closer. That could be as soon as Thursday when he's eligible to return, but it isn't guaranteed. Other than that, there is not a whole lot of closer news uh, this week. There might be some more next week, though. And I'll be back next week with some more updates and player news. In the meantime, feel free to reach out via the show's email, fastballfantasybaseball at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.